What is going on everybody? Jorge Aquino coming to you live and direct from the west side of the PHX. We're in Bird City. Uh, but not at my house tonight. Chad Randall, my man. How's it going, dude? Doing great. Alex Feast, What's up? my man. Nick Kingsley, my man. Thank you. Qu quadruple header coming at you tonight. Um, gonna have a lot of fun. We've been just talking shit for literally like the past hour and 15 minutes. Alex got us pizza. He drank a Mountain Dew. He doesn't. He, he shouldn't have read the numbers. I told him that he shouldn't have. Chad told him he shouldn't have. It's fine. Um, but we've had a lovely, lovely time. We're gonna do some potting. Chad is his first. It's his first time on the podcast. Alex is gonna be now uh, fourth time, third time, third time, third time on the pod. Um, throttle out first time. Uh, no, fourth time, bro. Because your own throttled out. And now, and then when we did Hootie with Valvin Bristol, oh, shout out to Hootie. Yeah. yeah. Kingsley's second time. Chad, I literally tried for like a year and a half to try and get him to do the pod. And I don't know what convinced you to do can, it. Can I just say? Yeah, go ahead. I told you peer pressure would work. No, but it's <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. Chad, Chad and I, Chad is one of those dudes who I have an immense amount of respect for. I'm not just saying that because you're at my house, but thank you, first of all, for, for hosting the yeah, three of us. Yeah. We appreciate it. But you're at his house. We're at his house, yes. Casa de Chad. Mi casa de su casa. Mi casa de su casa. Casa de Apex. Garage Mahal. Garage Mahal. <laughs> Guys, if, oh my God, this is the one time. I, actually, that's not true. I wish many other times we had a visual platform. But if you guys could see this layout, it's actually pretty freaking gnarly. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it in a little bit. We won't give too much detail, respectfully. But at the same time, it's a car guy's car guy's heaven here. But um, we met year plus ago actually I met the two of you same day and definitely changed my life for the better for a couple of different reasons you and I tight as fuck you're like a brother to me I love you you are someone that I hold an extremely high regard and I talk about like when you guys have probably heard me talk about this like pillars in the automotive car community you sir are one of those gentlemen you're just saying it because I'm old no, no I'm not though I'm not though <laughs> You, you've been in the game for a while, though. You, you, you've repped PHX for quite a bit, but that's not the reason why. I feel like you just have a lot of things to bring to the table that are positive. You're a good guy. You're a car enthusiast through and through. You've taught me already like 17 different things just tonight alone, not to mention all the other conversations we've had at 4 till 4 with several other people that we consider friends within our group and whatnot. And so... I'm so happy that you finally decided to go ahead and do it. And yes, peer pressure ended up working. So good job, Kingsley. It's, it's also because I paid him a little bit. Clearly, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> change job didn't quite work out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I told you that warranty is on Aaron. <laughs> but we're going to have a good time tonight. We're, we, I really want to go ahead and talk about, first off, Chad's background. Because you guys have heard Alex's background. You guys have heard Kingsley's background. But we haven't gotten a chance to talk Chad and Chad's gonna go ahead and kind of walk us through what got him into this freaking thing anyways that is car culture within the Phoenix auto community but not just that I want to talk to you about your amazing motorsports photography that you always focus on that I think is like just some of the coolest stuff on Instagram um, I want to talk about that little bad boy right there which we which we've given us plenty of information but I don't quite know if people know the fun story behind it um, and just just everything, and then just other stuff. I mean, we found out today that apparently Stellantis is putting an inline six in a TRX for the next generation. 
We'll get into that, although Chad might fall asleep if I talk about it. But that being said, um, let's go. It's the wrong type of six-cylinder. It's the wrong type of six-cylinder, yeah, according right. to him. Me and Kingsley disagree. I agree. Okay. Nick doesn't know with you and Kingsley with Chad. No, I know. It's I'm aware. I'm well, aware. Six no, I don't think so at all. I mean, I get it. I know that you guys love flat sixes, well, but you let's... can't really change perfection, <laughs> which is why Porsche is Porsche. The RB26 would tend to disagree with you, but that's a yeah. different story. The RB stands even. for rebuild. You're, <laughs> you, you're literally in the middle of rebuilding your RF7 it right is, now. Hey, hey, that, that, is, that comes with the purchase. It is known at day one. Hey, have you been since 1964? Which one? The RB? Uh, I think so. When, mm, I don't think so. No. When, oh, you're right. When did, when did the first Skyline come out? What is that? Like 1970? Uh, I don't know when. I think the first Skyline came out in the late 60s, but it was called a Prince before that. Before the yeah. Technically bought out. The but like, like, because Godzilla is tech, by technicality the R32. It's the R32 only for the racing. And it was the right. Only nickname and it's yeah. You know, but I'm pretty sure it's like early 70s for the original Skyline. Um, if you watch Fast Fast Five, Paul Walker's rolling around the first gen yeah, Skyline. Uh, I believe it's a 69. They call it the Hakusuka. That's the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. So That's that would have been. Yeah. Is it really? 60, 69, late 70s, early 70s. It's all good. Um, no, they have not been making it since 1964. Yes, the 911 is essentially a perfect sports car, although some Corvette lovers will go ahead and hate on that, which is fine. But, but we don't have the Skechers. We don't. Yeah. No, well, the New Balances. <laughs> it's the New Balances. White New Balances. But you do have the white t-shirts and the matching hats. We actually do have a white hey, t-shirt. Hey, you can't hate on it. Even yeah. if, I mean, it's in Friends. Joey's sporting and full in, in Porsche the, gear. In the jorts are something both the cars share equally. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know so. about that. I mean, I don't, I've never seen you in jorts. Uh, I've never seen you in jorts. This is like, it's got wearing Patagonia shorts right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I think if you walk around full to four enough, you will notice a Corvette owner who has transitioned into a Porsche. No. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, you can think that, but I don't think so. Okay. I mean, sure. That's like blip on the radar, brother. But sure. <laughs> Real quick, before I forget, I want to go ahead and do some social media plugs. You can go ahead and find Chad at Apex Dream Cars. Apex Sir, underscore, underscore Dream Cars. Thank you. I apologize. No problem. Nick at Kingsley. No longer at your boy Kingsley. It's just at Kingsley. Yeah, there's like numbers in it. Yeah, if you put in Kingsley, it'll go ahead and come up with, with Nick. At Topless Starter for Alex. Um, at the Petrol Collector for Alex as well as his backup account, um, which he just more so puts like some cool like history about Porsche and whatnot. It's great. I love it. I love that you started it. Um, and of course, you can find me at Tormenting Tarmac. And my wife doesn't know that I'm going to do this. She also doesn't listen to the podcast. But... If you're interested in going ahead and checking out at Gotita Creations, that's my plug for the night, okay? Women's Boutique, she's got some good-looking clothes to go ahead and make your lady look fly as all can be. And then if you want to go ahead and get some shirts made like Alex has done and like he's going to continue to get done in the future, please hit up my wife at Gotita Creations on Instagram. Plug for the night. Thank you very much. Chad, how long have you been into cars? How long has it been? Since, are we talking like before teenagers? What are we talking about? So, I mean, like I said earlier, I'm old. <laughs> um, I just turned 50 this year. Congratulations, um, bro. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Lived there for 40 years. Um, you know, that's Midwest. It's all about hot rods. Yep. All that American muscle stuff. Road America is up in Wisconsin? Road America is 
where, where I live. Yes. Right? One of the um, best tracks on the on the planet, bro. It's America's Nürburgring. Yeah. It's tr- terrific. Um, so, I mean, my exposure to exotic cars was very limited because the only time you saw them was when they came through in car shows. Sure. That's it. And I'm assuming like Milwaukee was probably the base of that, right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. 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 It was the biggest, biggest area in town. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. My parents, my dad took me to North America all the time. We'd go to custom car shows where mostly hot rods, but there was the one Countach in 1988, you know, with a front wing, red. <laughs> it was it was Cannonball Run. Yeah, yeah. Except in red. red. <laughs> um, you know, it, the exotic cars is what you wanted. Cannonball Run, I, I grew up on that movie. Yeah. Smoking the Bandit. All those movies. That's yeah. what I grew up on. In period. Yep. You know? Um, and muscle cars are cool. Sure. It's just not... It's not everybody's not vibe. Right? Sure. I mean, I think... You know, I've said this on the podcast before and most of us can agree. Like, you don't have to be into muscle cars, but if you do get in a muscle car that's got a big V8... Right like a big 427, a big 454, a big 426 Hemi, and you turn that sucker on, that will bring out your inner child for about, like, a good five seconds. There's just something about, like, being in those old, like, you know it's not going to do a fast... Speak up for me, Kingsley. You know you're not going to get, like, a fast, like, track time out of it, but, like, one, it's like, if you're born in America, you know, you you love red, white, and blue, just, you know, your inner patriot, you're just like... I get it. Yeah. Right? You're just like, this This is why we won World War II, right? It's just crazy. <laughs> your, your inner childish dimensions just come out because right. you turn the key, it's shaking, it shouldn't shake. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, your inner child is like, this is the dumbest thing ever made. It's the dumbest, coolest thing ever made. But it's so cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we have a Chevelle at the shop at Prism, mm-hmm. and it's just like, we had issues where we turned the key completely off. I was holding the key. The car would still run. Really? We disconnected the battery. Both terminals. Wow. I have a video on my phone. I'm holding the keys on my ring finger as I'm recording this. The car's just still chugging away. It's just, it's a Chevy. It's a 70 Chevy Malibu, right? Yeah. It's convertible. It's just chugging away. And it's like, I, I don't get it. It shouldn't do this, but it does. It's unkillable in a way. Yeah. In a very odd way, it's unkillable, those cars. But, like, they, they do bring... A certain joy out of you but even then like you appreciated it but that was never your thing so right. were you a Porsche kid from the very get-go you know I, of course yeah and for me it was motorsports and growing mm-hmm. up in the 80s and IMSA yeah the lone brow Porsche 962 was I, I was you know 13 15 years old whatever it was going to the track as a kid back then you always wanted to try and get an autograph from the drivers you watched on TV of course and it's not like it is now where they have special autograph signings. It wasn't like that. You had to stand in front of that trailer and hope maybe the guy saw you and felt sorry for you and came over and signed your, your program or whatever. Yeah. But I was standing there and Derek Bell comes over and signs my autograph. Al Holbert comes over and signs my autograph. Bruce Jenner yep. or Caitlin came over and signed my... It was it was special. you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and with Al and Derek, they were in the Porsche 962 and 1985-86... The car was dominant. Right. They, they just owned the, the racetrack. And that's I, my huge Porsche love and passion came probably from that car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like being a fan in the 90s of the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, As a kid, you just kind of gravitate to the most successful thing that was there. Mo Rivera, Derek Jeter. Yeah. Paul O'Neill. Yep. Everybody. Yeah, Scott Brocious. Yeah. Those were the guys. And I mean, at that time, the 911s were dominating in the GTO classes and stuff like that. Yeah. It, Porsche was where it was at. 
you know, and to see those cars in, in period running around Road America, yeah, it, it just like you said about the muscle cars, to, to feel the vibrations and the, the sound, and it, it was just special. There was a special thing about Porsche in the 90s and in the 80s in particular. Alex, I know that your car is a late 70s car, but it's still a G-Body 911. Yeah. You know, there's something special about that. I've, I've, you've given me the honor and the privilege of letting me drive your car. Yeah. Um, maybe 30 miles an hour is the max that I got up to. But even then, there's <clears throat> there's something special about in, re in regards to these older older 911s. And just older, older Porsches in general, because I'm sure you can go ahead and get the same type of vibe out of a 928 or a 944 or 968 and stuff like that. There's, if you can drive it. If you can drive it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there's just something... I don't know what it is. It, it, it's their particular sense. Um, shockingly easy to drive. So, like, you let me drive yeah. your car back when we hung out in... Uh, I think we went out in May. We went out to the AZ Cycle. Um, and Alex went ahead and drove their, their 996 Turbo before they sold it. Fucking... Beast. It was wildly fast, yeah. really quick. Um, Alex came back and he was like, "That was a little too fast." It was. It, it was. was. Very fast. And, and and shout out to 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 Fred over at AZ Cycle. I rode shotgun in it, and we went out to the street, and we hit a speed extremely quickly to the point that I was like, "That was that was fucking fast, bro!" Like. It was and skipping second and third. It was skipping second and third. Yeah. There was All not the much traction on those tires, by the way. And it was a and again, thankfully it was a 996 turbo. But like those tires, they weren't bald. But there was definitely a plenty of plenty of miles under those tires. And I was just like, <laughs> I pray to God this has good brakes. It did, by the way. So it was one of those things for you just like you're sitting there, you're like you're smiling, yeah, but it's but not terrified. You're, you're absolutely terrified. <laughs> yeah, so the smile is just there. But shout out. Well, here's the thing, and you can attest to this. Fred's actually a fucking hell of a driver. He's an amazing driver. He, he, oh, yeah, yeah he, like he had that car like just rained in real quick. Yeah. But your car in particular, like, there's just something about it that's just like so tangible. It's perfect, perfectly sized. Um, you know, the shifter, sometimes you got to go ahead and double clutch it, right? But that actually got fixed this last... Oh, did it really? Yeah, oh, now I, now, now I have to read, not to take it out for another It doesn't spin. grind at all. Really? Yeah, okay. It's amazing. Now I have to go ahead and drive it again. Yeah. Because, and the clutch is just like this. It got fixed. It's really? different, yeah. It's different? Because oh, yeah, the clutch is actually really nice. No, it's still really nice. Yeah, yeah. But the car doesn't, it's like perfectly tuned. It's Because I had to get it tuned to go to Rensport. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about Red Sport yeah. in a little Good bit because you guys are yeah. both, we're both out there. But like, anyway, so like 70s 911s and then 80s 911s and then 964 because 964 is really, it's a G-body but in 1990, let's be real. Yeah. And I've, I've gone out in a 964 Clone RS. I didn't drive it, but I rode shotgun. Amazing piece of engineering for 1993. No, and it drives amazing. Amazing! So, I, this may just be my personal opinion. Yeah. The 964 is the peak of all 911s to me. I don't know. Because everyone who does resto mods, they're always taking 964s and they're backdating them. Um, I would say singers are all singers are all 964s. Yeah, but you got Gunther Works too, which is a 993. So I would say I would probably say 964 993. I think I but think the any, anyone who hot rods a 911 just so uh -huh. I worked at a shop called Turbocraft when I was in high school. Uh -huh. They did air-cooled Porsche, big turbo stuff. They're world renowned. They're also super underrated. And Chris, the owner, he's just amazing. He taught me so many things. It's just like, if you're going to do it, do it right, or else don't do it at all. Right. You know? And when I worked for him, it was like, these guys, I, I would watch them drop. Um, oh, 
I, w- I would watch him like drop an engine in like 30 minutes and then Mike the mechanic he would like tear it apart but they're, they do like 993s and regular 930 turbos and they would always go back and like there's something just special about the 964 and there's something really special about the 3.6 964 turbo a hundred percent it's just it's always in my mind when I think of 911 I think of the bad boys 964 turbo I mean, is, yeah, is it's the just, car. It's limited production it's car. It's always, yeah. you know, like, I, I talked with a gentleman once. He didn't see the value in that car yeah. for production numbers and stuff like that. And then I just, I didn't really quite understand it because to me and everyone else I know I talked to, that's like, you know, that's the perfect model. But it's like, you know, Alex's car is, with the G-Body, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. This Porsche's evolution from... You know, the 60s for its 911, it's always been a 911 that people don't know, and the chassis codes, right? They just, they keep on figuring out, like, hey, this is their system of one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And they keep on figuring out how to make it more precise each way, more usable each way. It's why yeah. you can never beat a 911. It's why, you know, you said when you were in Wisconsin, you go to Road America, and it was yeah. like, you were used to all these American hot rods, but then you would hear this fine-tuned yeah. flat six go up yep. the track. And there'd be the Mazdas there, the R7s. You know, Tommy Kendall and an RX-7. Somebody brought up an RX-7 not being Nick Kingsley. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and as you've seen, have you seen Jorge? Yeah. I'm not 100% Porsche. No, I, no, no. I am. Just 95.9. 95.5. Yeah. But, but I do have enough of a background that yeah. I do know of other things. Of course. No, no. I know, and that's what I love about you as a car enthusiast. And Alex in the same way. And Kingsley even in the same way, too. Like... We all have our particular types of cars that we love. The three of us, big 911 guys, yeah. right? You know me. I'm a freaking JDM. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I am obsessed with several JDM models out there. One of them happens to be a fair lady. I'm not going to mention it tonight because I mentioned every fucking podcast. But like, you know, but then I also, I love a Corvette. I adore Camaros. I'm heartbroken the 6th gen is ending this year. But I also think that the 6th gen is the best Camaro ever made from a driving standpoint and whatnot. And I love the fact that I can have these conversations with so many different enthusiasts, including you guys yourselves, that I can love one thing and then still be able to appreciate what you're telling me. And I can also kind of refall back in love to, to it because of the passion you're showing me. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And so as you continued growing up and whatnot, like it was it was the Porsches, it was everything else. What, what, what else was it that really caught your eye? So I mean, <clears throat> You always tried to find those super exotic cars. Yeah. And you know, the Porsche in Wisconsin back then, a Porsche would drive past you and it'd be like, the world stopped. Um, but then life happens. Mm-hmm. You get married, you have kids. And you know, when I was a kid, I took pictures. Nothing like, it's nothing like now. It's film back in the day. Yeah. Wife, kids. Film's made a comeback. Yeah, it has. It is. Yeah, it is. Wife and kids happen. You lose 20 years. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> um, and then, so then, my wife and my daughters, we moved out here to Phoenix in, well, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we all know, because we're here, Phoenix has quite the car community. Yeah. And the car scene is pretty, pretty spectacular. It is. And I started out, you know, back 10 years ago, I mean, the Pavs was the thing, right? Everybody went to the pavilions. And then you had cars and coffee at Ganey Ranch, and that was badass, but it was only once a month. Right. Pavs was every Saturday. Still is every Saturday, Still is it not? Saturday, yeah. Yes. It's a staple, um, I feel. And it just, it sparked my car interest 
I mean, I always had it. It was always there. But you kind of push it down, sure. right? It got brought back up to the surface. The photography thing just started happening. Yeah. Went to SEMA in 2015. That just exploded. Instagram, so on and so forth. Just, it, you know, you had a SEMA in 2015 and Nikai's there and there's a dozen RWBs there. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just like, come on, dude. And then you get, you know, the monster trucks and all drifting. And all. Yeah. It just... It just all just came bubbling back. You no, know? for sure. Um, well, let me ask you a question because I, I love your photography. It's different to – and by the way, there's we, we know this. There's a crap ton of fantastic photographers that just Phoenix has to offer alone. Too many. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. That's yeah, true. Okay. It's, it's becoming a little bit oversaturated, but there's a lot of people out there, men and women, that have extreme talent behind the lens, and they will forever have my respect. You bring a different approach to it. What was it that you would say was was it coming out to Phoenix that went ahead and sparked that, or was that something that had always been since you were a kid at Road America? It reinvigorated. Like yeah. I said, you lose twenty years, you put that away. The only thing you're shooting are your kids, right? Yeah. Um, but coming back out here, it definitely revitalized it all. Mm-hmm. With the exception of not having a racetrack here, because let's admit it, I can't afford to go to any of the racetracks that are in town, basically, because I'm not well off like that yeah and the public tracks are they're okay but it's all club stuff it's sure. all HP and we're not going to go out to, to Phoenix International Speedway because it's just an oval and it's only NASCAR now. exactly Phoenix International's dropped the ball yeah they I used mean, to have IMSA races there yeah exactly yeah. I mean I'll give them credit because we it is the last race of the season it's where the championship is held every year two races two races excuse me yeah uh, oh, that's right. We get the one in March, and then we get the championship race, which is really dope. Yeah. But it is unfortunate that's only held. To, and there's nothing wrong with NASCAR, but it is unfortunate that's only held to that because it would be cool if we got more yeah. things there, right? You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, let's start the hashtag Phoenix F1. Hey, there was one back in the day. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, there, right there. There it is. Yeah. Eighty-nine. Who? 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 You're a historian. Senna. Senna. Was it Senna the last Senna. person? Senna. 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 Okay. Senna. 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 I like that pick. I like Lauda's pick. I love Shumi. I love Senna. I love Lauda. You guys are going to hate I, me. Who are you going to pick? Cold Hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's a great driver. He is. No, no. Respect to David Coulthard. I don't think he's at the level that Schumacher sure. or Lauda or Senna ever were. I want to be very clear when I make this statement. I fully recognize that at the end of the day, every generation of Formula One is entirely different. I am picking this person based on the connection that I've been able to develop with him over the past 15 plus years. My GOAT, recognizing that Schumacher and Ayrton Senna existed, my guy is Lewis. I'm a Lewis guy through oh, Lewis is a great driver. He, he is. And he's a great human being. And that's the thing about it. Like, he's a great human being. He's a great humanitarian. Senna was a great humanitarian. Schumi was a great humanitarian for the most part. Um, but just... For whatever reason, I don't know if maybe it's perhaps the color of my skin, which I see then see on, on someone else, and I'm like, man, that's really dope. But Lewis has been it since I started paying attention to Formula One when I was 17. That was his first season, and so like it's just been one of those things that just the connection is there. But yeah. so I, I have a 
the one B, and it's usually an unpopular pick. Okay. Was Jacques Villeneuve. I got you. Okay. Yeah. His first IndyCar win was up in Road America. Yeah. He was there. He was a guy that went from IndyCar to Formula mm-hmm. One and succeeded. When did Villeneuve, when, when was he racing? What was the time frame? 97. In F1? Yeah. He was world champion for 97. 97. 97. So... Damon Hill. Damon Hill. Who? Hold on, I'm trying to remember who else. Um, Mika Hakkinen. Oh, yeah. there, that was his Mika time. Mika Hakkinen, right? Eddie Irvine. Yeah. Schumacher. There were, um, who else? Coulthard. Coulthard. Yeah. Rundle. Yes. Martin Rundle. He had an yeah. accident. Yeah. He flipped. He almost killed himself. No. Yeah. He did not kill himself. So that you guys are aware, okay? This from. Alex's description of killed themselves means they could, they could have fallen off a ladder and Alex would have been like, oh, he killed himself. They could have, they could have, they could have stubbed their toe on oh, the You have to excuse me. Like, oh, have you ever opinion. stubbed your toe, though, like hard? Because, like, I would have often... I've broken my toe. Exactly, I have, yeah. I have cried myself back to sleep in the morning once from stubbing my toe. Yes, it happens. It's terrible. It's the worst thing ever, but... So, I, in my opinion... Yeah. So, I mean, like, nowadays... I love vintage racing. Yeah. Vintage racing is where it's at. Goodwood revival is insane. Crazy. Velocity Invitational. Yep. Ren Sport Reunion. Monterey Historics. Yeah. It's it's awesome. And Formula E, done with it. Don't care. Um, I like current, the current F1, I really don't care. I get it. it. It's it's a soap opera. Yeah. Sure. I'm not watching for the soap opera. Our wives, our girlfriends probably love it. <laughs> It's, I, it's, I think it's is the greatest show. See, it, it I, really I, is. I, I can relate to that because it's, you know, growing up as I'm more, you know, I was born in 99. It's been, I started getting into cars maybe about like 10 years ago. I took it really seriously. Sure. And it's when I started to develop my own opinions. And it's just like Chad said, it's like racing just, it's way too classified and refined where, you know, you look back in the day and you're like, Oh wow, the 935 was was cool, or yeah. this was the, you know the GT40 beat Ferrari and it was for these super regulations. Yeah. To where now you just see it and it's okay. it's like okay, they're well, all pretty much mostly the same car. I think a lot of it racing, is. not to interrupt you, but I apologize, but no I just because I want to get this point off my head before I lose it. But I think a lot of racing has become very similar to boxing, and perhaps to uh, mixed martial arts in the sense that you know you look at boxing. Um, the the weight divisions back you know maybe in the 70s and the 80s were it was very clear there was heavyweight there was middleweight and there was lightweight you look now in the year 2023 and there, there's like there's three different flyweights there's a fucking bantam weight that yeah, you I win. think there's eight total eight or nine total classes for modern day boxing which it's is- insanity so you have heavyweight then you got light heavyweight which that's fine but then between that you have cruiserweight and then you've got like two different middleweights before you get to welterweight you've got super middleweight you have middleweight junior middleweight and then you get super welterweight and welterweight and whatever like and then you've got like four different championship uh go ahead no, it's okay. I was just cause then, and then you have like four different organizations that are all within the same thing that can't necessarily get it together. It's wild to me. And then like f- racing with all these like different regulations, these different which I'm for. I get it. Like you need to have some type of rule in order to make things like logistically possible. But like it's just it's a little too much. Yeah, and, you know, I've I've had discussions with some friends. Like F1 versus IMSA or WEC, the endurance racing. Yeah, stuff. of course. Or IndyCar too. 
Right. Yeah. IndyCar is spectacular. It is. And like I've gotten an argument. Well, half of those guys are gentleman drivers. They're buying a ride. Okay, that's happened since the '60s and '70s. True. It's happened for a long time. Paul Newman wasn't I, that. I, Steve McQueen was Nicky that. Nicky Lauda. Nicky Lauda. Argued. Lance Stroll's a gentleman the, driver. Uh, yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of my personal favorites is the Whittington brothers. The Whittington brothers are yes. they, they, they awesome. tell. They, That's that's an amazing story. If you guys it have is. never heard it. Yeah. But you were saying. Um, it, it, the argument that I've always gotten is there's too many classes. I don't know who I'm supposed to be watching. What cars are in what classes? If you watch a broadcast, they break it down. There's usually colored mirrors for each class, stuff yeah. like that. Balance of performance, it's in racing, it happens. It usually makes a pretty good race. To watch a 24 hour, 24 hours a Daytona race and have first and second place, you know, on the same lap within seconds or a second of each other, that's that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and the reliability of cars over a 24 hour period now has gotten so good. Basically, nobody has mechanical failures like they used to. Yeah. Unless they crash, right? So it's just a sprint race. For <laughs> <laughs> you know? And F1's got their new sprint race, but we're not... Eh, whatever. Yeah. 24-hour sprint race is... Gnarly. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, did everybody here play Need for Speed Underground, the first one? Of course. Yes, okay, of course. So, right? And so one of my favorite things... So one of the things about Need for Speed Underground was it, it was one of the first games that I remember to date that introduced drifting as a, as a, as a mode within the game. Um, but one of the other things that you could do besides doing a four-lap race is you could... It, one of the things that it wanted you to do was do a full sprint race across town and whatnot. And so you would go ahead and do like maybe a five-minute race where you're racing everybody else on the computer, and like you're just basically going balls to the wall. It's like it's like your typical Fast and the Furious real race within a movie, which is not actually real, but whatever. I watched Fast Ten. Kingsley was right, and he ruined it for me seven months prior. But whatever. <laughs> you messaged me. You said it's that bad, and I was like, oh fuck. Now I have to go to space in ten. They did. They went to actually. That happens to be one of my favorite scenes in Nine. <laughs> but you know, it's you a had those. Fiero. <laughs> it is a Pontiac Fiero with the freaking rocket strapped to it. It's great. Two dudes from the ghetto. They're never gonna believe us. You're right. But that all being said, like in a sp- like these sprint races, like you know, it's kind of what it's all about. Like you know, you versus three or four other drivers. Multiple. You know, if you. You know, if you're doing it in a quote-unquote illegal street race, yeah. you know, shout out to the gentlemen that still do it. To completely, you know, well-regarded gentlemen and gentlewomen. Yeah. Um, but it's cool because you are taking. It's wrong. It's what is it? Uh, wrong what you wrong yeah. is the straight is the phrase, right? And so doing that sort of stuff in a sprint, like that's it's kind of what the fuck it's all about. Yeah, and that's the way. Sports car racing back in the seventies, eighties, and nineties during the Winningtons. Yep, used to be all about. Yeah, see, and it's like that's another thing is growing up now. It's like you know, I like to say I was too young when GT one ended, so it's like I kind of missed all the cool stuff. So yeah. you tell me, dude, you, you brought up the six gen Camaro. Yeah, that Hendrix car at Le Mans. I was just I was watching. I'm like, this car shouldn't be here. That made me cry in the best and way it was possible. Just like because it was different, it got so much attention to where it's like. It was also it was taller than yeah. every single car yeah. there. It, it but yes. was louder. You ever see? Oh the, yes. You ever see the video where they're doing flybys? Like, yeah. And you hear like red, white, blue. Just the Ferrari sounded it. cool. The, the the Camaro was was God okay. yelling, saying, 
hail the V8. That so was it was ridiculous. The, uh, the Corvettes in the '60s when they raced those at Le Mans. Have you guys ever heard that story? So they they got the Corvettes to to Europe, right? And they, yeah. They couldn't get them transported there, and they were all the Grand Sports are racing at Le Mans. Oh yeah. So all the drivers just they're like, we're just gonna drive the cars there through France. And so all these people were coming out of like the countryside, and you know, like Europe was freshly rebuilt, and they're coming out, and they're just like. Why does it make such a loud noise? Yeah. They weren't used to these massive V8s that have like leaders that are bigger than two of their cars. Yeah, so it would have know? been this so what year did you say this was? So these would have these would have been C2s. C2s? So these that would have been, been a Grand Sports. So this probably would have been either been uh, either a 350 or a 427, right? Yeah, 427s, yeah. I think so, but you know it's just like You're talking about like the Greenwood Corvettes? I'm talking about like the big Grand Sport cars, like the ones that have yeah. like the like in Fast Five, they have that fake convertible yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. into the river. Yeah, that, that is that a perfect style. car, by the way. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, and it's just like, you know, like you said, the 90s was truly like, you know, like Eric always said, it's the last era because it's, yeah. you know, it's Shout like, out to last era brand. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Rocking the shirt tonight. Yeah. 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 I really like that sweater. With, with what car in the back name? Oh, a, uh, what is it? It's, it's a 934. Yeah. By the way, I just realized because you just said to us at the beginning that you went ahead and just celebrated your 50th birthday earlier today. I did. Or, or not earlier today, but earlier this year. You're the same age as the 73 RS. That's correct. That is the coolest thing. Yeah. Should I go inside and my, get my, my 911 shoes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I need to see those before I leave. I, I those, are, those are my Porsche version of the Skechers. I think you need to get one. Of what? A, a, a 73 RS? Yeah, sure. 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 Give sure. me a couple million bucks. I, I can tell you exactly which wires to cross. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I don't have any more, many years left on this earth. I don't want to spend them behind bars, dude. <laughs> You'd rather go ahead and spend them in a 997. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's only legal if they catch you. Uh, easier said than done. Um, you know, we, we know the fact that you're a big 911 guy and whatnot. Yeah. Is... Everybody who's who follows you on Instagram knows you have this wicked cool Guards Red 997.1. Um, you told me the story about it earlier. We, we don't have to go into detail and whatnot, but um, six-speed manual car, it, freshly with the new ducktail back there, which yep. looks super wicked. Yep. Um, you know, you could have gone 996. You could have gone dot two. You could have gone... For when you bought it, 911s... You could get them at a decent price, whatever you wanted. Yeah. Why did you go dot one nine nine seven? Um, you know, I, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> um, and it's a matter of, you know, I, I'm just a middle class working guy, and like I said, two twenty year old high school daughters. I don't have a best friend that lets me drive his car every weekend. I just, I, I had to save my pennies every freaking week. Yeah. To get to it. Yeah. And at a certain point, you get enough money saved up, enough bonuses or whatever you got, that you have enough money to maybe buy something. Right. And I missed the boat on cars like Alex's where there was a Targa on Craigslist for $15,000. Then I'm like, ooh, I'm really close to that. But then it was gone. Right. And I didn't quite have $15,000. And I didn't, it's, it's, it's a weekend car. I didn't want to take a loan for a weekend car. Yeah. You know, it's it's principle for me, you know? Sure. Um, this car became available, right price, right, right time. time. 
COVID may have sucked for a lot of things. Buying cars was not one of them. Not. And this yeah. was like in the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> yes, in the beginning, very true. Twenty twenty one is when it started to suck, but twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that was the time. I bought this June twenty twenty, and yeah. I mean, I got a good deal on it. It's a solid car. That's a big car. Haven't yeah, had any problems car. with it. Yeah. So I, it's all about driving. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. I think I think the nine nine seven dot one is the last. Half analog, starting to go digital. Yeah. Where, where you can, when you get in the car, yeah, you can still feel the car. Hey, would you say the 997 is the perfect modern 911 almost? Yes. I don't know. I haven't I, taken an ST yet. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? This is just my preference. Yeah. I would argue the previous gen, the Dot Two GT Two RS, is okay. That, that's a personal. So 991.2. Yeah. Okay. The uh, you know whatever the last GT Two RS was. Yeah. yeah. I got fortunate enough where I got to drive one, and I was just amazed at how it hugged the road. Now, I, I, Alex, I do agree with you. This is a little bit more analog, and it, you, it's a little bit more like... You, you Trust me when I say I tried convincing Alex to go ahead and buy a 997 three months ago, yeah. and he... Yeah. I wish he would have pulled that trigger, he, but I get why not. But he's had that experience. He I, did. I, I he know. did, yes. He had a, an Eddie Murphy car. We've, we talked about it on this podcast yeah. a couple different times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The 997.1 C4 that I had was Eddie Murphy's car. When I got the car, I still had his Calabasas address in the car, in the navigation. Don't ask the question. Don't, Don't ask. ask it. Don't ask. <laughs> you may be liable. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that before he crashed the Enzo? I well, don't know. It was a 2006. He crashed the Enzo. It was a two, late 2005 production, 2006 car. Yeah. He traded in the car when the new when the new Panamera came in. When the first gen Panamera came in, that's what he traded the car for. The guy that worked at Beverly Hills Porsche in Le, in Los Angeles had moved to San Antonio, and when I was looking for a Porsche, and I gave him what I kind of wanted for the price that I wanted with my dad, because obviously he was helping out at the time. Shout out um, to mi- shout out to Mr. Feast. <laughs> yep, um, he came up with a car. He's like, this car just got traded in. I can bring it in, and he actually sent the picture to my dad. My dad was like, perfect. It's a good deal. We'll go for it. Six speed, silver. I got Sport Classic wheels on it. Dropped it. It looked fantastic, mm. and it was one of the best cars that I've ever driven in my life. And I was able to drive my dad's GT2 RS, mm. but that's on another level. Right. Yeah, like like the GT2 RS is like. Did your dad had a was his a 991.2 or is his 997? It was a, oh, the year, the first year of the GT2 RS. So 997. No, 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 it was a 991. No, so that's. that's it was a chalk that's white. The, that's the second gen. Cause second, that's the second gen. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Had, I believe that had the first one. Yeah. And 997.1 yeah. had GT2. Yeah. Dot two the had GT2 RS. Yeah. GT2 RS, not GT3 RS. Right, right, right. No, I know, right. but okay. nine, so, there was so, a 996 so that's, GT2. That's the, that's the there was a 996 GT2 as yeah. well. That, yes. that is the last generation of the GT2 RS exactly. made as of this conversation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. as of right now. The next week. Yeah, they might do yeah. it again or month. From what I heard, I mean, they already dropped Sport Classic and Sport classic is closer to a turbo than it is a gt i would have rather bought the 997.2 sport classic Mm -hmm. which was only offered in europe and in in latin america at the time if i had the kind of money to to buy a nine sport classic new one i would probably go for the 997 i got you now i mean I know you guys are going to hate me for saying this. We're gonna, we've already hated you for several things you already said tonight, so go ahead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everyone gave Lamborghini crap for milking the Aventador. I'm just saying, there, there, there's a lot of 
trim levels reach 9-11 every time they make them. But it's called perfection, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Porsche's achieved it. <laughs> they don't have fancy doors, Chad. Hey, I guarantee you, if we look on Instagram right now, I can find a 9-11 with Lambo doors. Guaranteed I can find that. And I guarantee you, I can find those hinges to put on your car this weekend. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I think that the, sorry, I saw I was uh, we've got the on the background. Um, we've got YouTube playing racing and whatnot, and like I thought I could have yeah, and I could have sworn I recognized. I saw just Larry Chen on the TV right now, and I could have sworn there was somebody else that I may have recognized for about so, two seconds. So they that just, was a Hot Wheels commercial. Yeah, they just had the Hot Wheels meetup last weekend. Yes, they Angeles. did. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, but and at, at Rensport, they released the 944 Safari. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's a yeah. black one. Yeah. And yeah, then the new GT3R as well was the new GT3R is Rensport. Yes. The new Rest. Seventy-six units made. Yeah. Was that million dollars a pop? It's actually not that bad. I mean, a million is a million, right? I mean, sure. You can't drive it on the street. True. But it is like from all the videos, like I was I was trying to go to Rensport and just seeing the thing. I mean, you guys saw it. It's spectacular in person. That wing is bigger than it's wider than this garage. It's pretty ridiculous. Ninety-five hundred RPM. That's gnarly. It is. Yeah. I, I don't know why I like this, but the blue headlights. Yeah. Great. They, they look so amazing. They, do, yeah. they look amazing. Yeah. I want to get back to something that you went ahead and pointed out because I'm going to go ahead and gang up you, but I love you. It's okay. Um, there is a difference between the milking of the Aventador and then being putting different trim levels on a car. Um, the thing about, at least with the Aventador, is they just increased power and just made it rise this is coming from someone who loves an Aventador SVJ I've ridden in an SVJ it was one of the best experiences of my life go watch it on YouTube at Tormenting Tarback you're welcome you'll thank me later the thing hashtag of, thank you Cody hashtag shout out to Cody yes <laughs> he made it happen he is the man but the thing about 911s and I think the three of us can agree is a 911 there's different 911s made for all kinds of different people, which is what makes them so special, which is what makes them, to me, so important. In a similar way to Corvettes, Corvettes, there's a Corvette for everybody. You can get a regular Z51, um, and let's use C7 because that's got all the trims because we're still in the middle of C8 right now, right? Not, not everything's being released yet, although ZR1 is coming. Very happy about that. But you know, you've got your regular Z51 C7. You can get a Grand Sport. You can get a Z06. You can then go ahead and get a ZR1 if you want the full like bananas experience and whatnot. And like, I think that that's really special. And then when you look at 911, you go ahead and get a regular Carrera or a Carrera S if you want a little bit of extra spice. Oh, yeah. But it's your still your daily, right? Or if it's that car that you've really worked hard for and you just want a 911 where you don't want a GT product or something like that. And then you've got your GT specials. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. We've also got the Dakar. Oh, and of course the Dakar, which is, I mean, Storato and Dakar are two of the greatest things to ever happen to car culture. There are no clearance issues whatsoever, and I want one so bad. I think Dakar Dakar is incredible. It's exceptional, um, and I think Storato is just wild and bananas and bonkers. I'm happy that both of them exist, you know? I will take a Lee Keen Safari sure. over Dakar any, sure. any day. Any day. Exactly. The Safaris are spectacular. They are. Like, like three years ago, Lee and all the owners came to Auto Club here in Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah. And they had their Safari Southwest. And, you know, I follow those guys and 
I kind of got the insider information that they were driving out that morning. And I called in sick to work in the morning. And, <laughs> and I went over there early in the morning and I was like, yeah. it was me and Lee and all the owners of the cars. And they're all just bullshitting, getting ready for the rally, taking off from auto. And I got a bunch of killer ass shots of, you know, right. yeah. 20 Safari 911s just it was heaven. Yeah. It's the yeah. skills, 911, it's just, sure. it was awesome. That's like, to me, the coolest thing about Lee Keen is just the interiors he does, because they're so, yeah, sure. like, he'll use, like, the, I think everybody listening to this knows that rug of, like, the road with the cars, right? Yeah. Like, there was a car, he did that interior on, then he'll do, like, Dalmatians. Dalmatians, and yeah. then, like, I mean, fabric from a cow, bus. Cow yeah, oh, my God, so that was Cowhide. Cowhide, and then you mentioned the I believe that's Farrah's car. Farrah's old, old was the bus um, fabric, which yeah, was, like, just, just like, 90s bus fabric yeah. that he did on the door panels, the seats, and it was just... And then his car was... Listen, if there's anybody who is responsible for making Cassis Red re-pop back off, it's Matt Farah. Matt Farah bought a Cassis Red think, 911 thinking he bought a shit brown 911, and all of a sudden he really gave it a nice little polish, and all of a sudden from that moment on, everybody and their mother wanted Cassis Red. That's one of my favorite colors. It is a great color, So I, but that's the thing. Like If anybody deserves credit for revitalizing that particular color, it is absolutely Matt Farah. That's all I'm saying. I got a funny story with one of those cars. So back at, when I worked at TurboCraft, right when they were doing the previous Rensport, mm -hmm. they got one of those red, it was a 930 Turbo. They got one in, and they built the motor, and like, a year later, I saw on Instagram, they're like, oh, hey, the car got stolen. And so they find the car, they get it back. And I shit you not, less than like, maybe four weeks later, almost to the day, the following month, they got stolen again. Yeah. And they, they got it back, and I think it even got stolen a third time. Really? Just the same car. And I just, I, I, I thought it was a 964. No, it was a 930. Okay. I mean, I could understand why somebody would really want that car. I, I just, I, like, <laughs> I think he eventually got his car back and it came down. He sent it to a shop. I believe they made a copy of the key, but I just, I don't know why I found it so funny. It was the same car. Like somebody a month really wanted that car. Each time. And they caught the person who stole it each time. Really? So I'm just like, how, how, like, some people are just dicks, man. Some people just won't give it up, you know? I, I don't get it. It's like, cool, yeah. you got caught once, but the exact same car? Well, hold on. You were just trying to sell me on getting a 73 RS. The same way. But it's not your year. That's true. Yeah, that's it's true. Exactly what, you're also not trying to sell it for parts and money. That's true. That's you, true. you would be enjoying this. Every time I think selling for parts and money would probably be the better way to go because you don't see so. you driving down yeah. Yeah. Scottsdale Road with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me ask you a question because you do have the 997.1. Uh -huh. What is what is the 911 that you do? Is it a 73RS or what would, like, unlimited budget, road going Porsche, what are you going for? I don't know. Dude. Give me a top five then. Top two. Top top three. I think that's fair enough. Let's do a top three. Top three. The seventy three RS has got to be in there because that's okay. my birth year. That's right? your birth year. Okay. Fair. Um, a nine six four RS. Okay. And I would probably have to say, you, you know, you got to get a race car in there. Sure. The vintage race cars that are you could drive those on the street. No. Coca-Cola 962. Nah, you can't drive a 962 in a Oh, like come on. Well, and that's fair. I'll say a coupon. Yeah. Or a dollar. But we're not going to go that route. Because yeah. that's just, it's probably not very, actually, probably 
not a pretty, pretty good drive, right? Yeah. But, you know, the late 70s, 75 RSR, something like that. Cool. Would be pretty badass. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did I ask you that last time? You were, the first I don't time you remember. Were, no. Okay, well, let's do it right now. Top three Porsches that you would want. No budget. No budget. So, would you keep? Would you keep your time? RS. Okay. GT2 RS. Which one? The 991. 991. Okay. Yeah. And probably a Carrera GT. You, uh, he, he didn't pick his own car. But that's. I actually. Gotta, I, I think I respect it. that. I think I respect it. Because yeah. I have it. Because right. you already own it, no, yeah. No, and, and it's one of my, every day in the morning, I, I wake up and I pinch myself, right? Yeah, you own it, yeah. I own it. It's an amazing car. <laughs> it I is. Love it. And I've touched every centimeter of that car. Yeah. And I've done almost a lot of, it's 95% where I want it to be. I still got 5% to do. That's fucking wild, the fact but, that it's still 5%. I mean, career GT, man. I yeah. Mean, I was, they have the, the GT, the GT3 Ren Sport Edition, a mm-hmm. million bucks, bro. For a million bucks, I can get a Carrera GT. Well, not for a million bucks, man. Uh, 1.2. Uh, uh, whatever. whatever. When you're in that range... What did autos sell for? 1.8, right? Yeah. 1.8? Yeah. They're going that high. That was last year, yeah. Well, the last year, prices were really high. Yeah. yeah. A, uh, a friend of mine who has a silver Carrera GT, I was talking to him on Saturday because I was helping out with another car of his, doing, helping him out with a little project on it. Yeah. And, I, and somebody asked him, they're like, hey, what did you get your Carrera GT for? He, he's he's had his he's had his career GT for a very long time. How he long was, is long? Since early 2010s. So early 2010s. It, it, it may, I guarantee you, he paid under 400 grand for that car. I believe the exact number off the top of my memory was like 275. Steel. Yeah. Which it's like for what those prices were, I believe a year and a half. They couldn't they sell them for a while, dude. No, they couldn't. Nobody they, wanted they, a they CGT. Were, they were fighting with 918 prices, which to me is just. It's crazy. They Absolutely. couldn't sell 918s for a while either. I mean, remember for a long time, weren't like 918s like six? We're talking like that's chump change. But let's for what a 918 like is going for. To, the price now. They are, yeah, because you could get a 918 for I, like 600 Gs, and now they're going for like 1.2. This has been like, again, everyone knows like I like my Lamborghinis, I like yeah, my yeah. funky JDM cars with the weird engines. But it, when it comes to Porsche, they just they know a way of doing something to where the styling is elegant. Like yeah. I'll, I'll admit, it's like it took. I was telling my friend this. I'm like. Dude, I didn't appreciate the Carrera GT until recently. Really? Like, I, I just, I, it wasn't that I hated it. I just, yeah, yeah. I couldn't care for it, right? Interesting. And then, but just looking at it, you're just like, okay, these were the most underrated, because I believe it was that, it was the SLR, and I believe it was the Enzo. Those were kind of yeah, like... That was the, the original Holy Trinity, Trinity. The, yeah. The, the three yeah. dogs back in the day, and then it was like... I mean, oh, you could add Zonda in there, too, but yeah. Yeah, and then you had, you know... But they were so unknown. Yeah. They were, yeah. that's true. They weren't, they weren't what they are today, that's yeah. true. And then you had... The P1, the LaFerrari, and the 918. And yeah. I, I've always been a sucker to where I'm like, my favorite has always been the 918. Mm-hmm. Chad, you saw my absolute favorite 918. That runs bad. That one in the hippie livery, I yep. believe number like 211, you said it was. It's, that was 299. Was it? Yep. Serial number 299. Yeah. It's, it's one of two of those that Porsche sent out in that livery. There was, there's a car that's yellow and red, and there's that one, which is the iconic purple and green. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I thought it was perfect, and it was... They it's just, a great-looking car. They just, for some reason, it's just something. They're always underrated until they're not. Sure. And it's like it's one of those things you blink and you'll miss it. Like I know a few people. They were offered 918s and they're like, dude, we didn't take them. They were like 550 sticker or, or something stupid like that. Yeah. And the rest were close to a million, but not. Mm-hmm. And it's you look at them now, you're just like, well, fuck, 2.5 for a, a very nicely spec one. Yeah. And for a basic one, you're looking at maybe 1.8, 1.7. Yeah. It's wild. It's just insane for one of the best performing cars of 
ever. Yeah, not of that literally ever. Up, yeah, up until like you know stuff like the Valkyries batshit, but even then it's like it's different. That, that car is ten years old and it's still competing with shit today. Yeah, it's just insane. You wanted to say something, Alex? And no, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. So, I mean, take note. Alex and I, neither one of us mentioned any of the other knockoff. I don't want to say knockoff, but <laughs> singer, sister, Gunther. sister. Yeah, it's so, reimagined by. Yes. And, and you've also got the tunnel. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> those are wild. That's badass. Yeah, they are. Eleven thousand RPMs. Or, or should we say roof? I had, oh, chance, I had a chance to miss. Got a chance to meet uh, Mr. Roof. Alloy. At, at fucking uh, uh, Shout out to Aloisa. Aloisa is killing the game yeah. right now. She's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That chick, yeah. and she's going to be taking over the empire very, yeah, very yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. brilliant beyond brilliant. And I mean, those cars would definitely. I think I'd have to test drive a couple cars before I gave you my top three. Okay. Jorge, what are your top three? Whew, that's tough. Nobody ever asks you the questions, no, dude. No, don't. Thank what you, are your Jack. questions, man? Or what are your cars? You keep telling me that oh, I, I, I got to get a Porsche. I know. I do have to get a Porsche. I really do. I'm really simple. Alex knows this. I'm really simple when it comes to my 911. Like, if... Okay. Money's no object, dude. Money is no object. So, big shout out to... Um, Fellow 911 enthusiast Kent of Kensington, yep. who took me out in his in his 964 RS back in April. I would have to say I would take a 964 RS on BBS wheels. Like I, I would be an extremely yep. happy man with that car. Amazing car. I would just it's the it's the tits. Um, what do you think of the RS America? That's I mean, that, that, is that the, that's the one with the big the with the tail, the, the whale tail, right? I'm not, sorry, I'm not the biggest fan of that tail, so I think that's why I go regular RS. Yeah. With, I mean, you could get an RS America just without the wing. You could take you off the whale tail. You could buy one for 130 right now. You could buy a, you could buy a, nine, a 964 RS, RS America, America for 130 Yeah, 130 can, can you buy it and I can go ahead and like buy it <laughs> after? <laughs> I don't want to speak for him, but I'm yeah. sure if you reach out to Drew, yeah, cool collective, I'm sure he'd sell you his car. Yeah, he's got a very nice red 964 RS America, which he renamed for Rentsport America. RS America. I love that. And yes. he went ahead and he put the American flag on the car. One side of the stripes. It's actually kind of a baller One side of the stars, and it looks fucking amazing. That's actually kind of a baller And he wasn't able to put the eagle in the hood on the hood. I'd say because so. he didn't, he didn't, they, they didn't have enough time. I'd be, I'd be with an, I'd be with an RS America for hundred and thirty G's. I feel like that's actually a steal. Yeah, uh, I know if you get Drew's, Drew's car for one hundred and thirty. Yeah, uh, but still, I'm sure if we reach out to Drew and so we sure. will offer he, yeah. Let's let, let me be very clear right now. I do not have 130 grand to spend on a car. I barely have 130 dollars to go ahead and spend right. on a car. You, you, know, don't, you don't have 130 grand to spend on a car yet. Yet. Correct. This is true. If anybody wants to sponsor Tormenting Tarmac, once more, putting it out there. And four till four. I've recorded at your place a couple different times. Holler at your boy. Always willing to do business. Go ahead, Chad. It, it, you know, you, you can maybe swing a hundred thousand plus the Kia. <laughs> because he he enjoys his his, his Toyota pickup truck, yeah, yeah. minivans. You might be able to swing that deal. Kingsley knows how much I love my Kia Sorento. Him and I were talking putting up the Sorento on BAT the other day. That's a fact. There are messages that state that. Yeah. What, what, what was it? The uh, the Dodge. What was it again? It was the Which one? Avenger. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. Avenger on BAT, and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, dude, like. I think it was another Kia that you sold a little bit ago, but I was like, dude, just as as a joke, it might be one of those things. You might get like 
I could maybe. Know, I'm wondering if I could, if I can get like fifteen. Microsoft guys, I got too much money. I'm gonna make this dude's day. Here's like six hundo. You know, I know. Like honestly, I've if you got a Sorento with all wheel drive, like yeah, that's sick. Okay. Uh, we got to make sure that we share this correctly once we go ahead and drop this episode. But I'm looking at the RS America with delivery. That looks so cool. It looks perfect in Guards Red. It yeah. really makes everything fu- really fully pop off. Um, but I was going to say, if you got a Sorento with all-wheel drive, that would be a perfect Safari-type build. Yeah. Uh, it really would. <laughs> because the, the, v, the V6 in the Sorento is actually not spicy. That's the wrong word. It's peppy. It's got enough pep to go ahead and make things happen. So if you go ahead and do the build, here I am. If anybody, <laughs> exactly. Um, easy, easy check. Yeah. So they will blacklist us. Hey, I had and, a kid. They went pop. That's all I'm saying. They they'll go after Jorge. We can't let him. Pop goes the weasel. It's true. Pop goes the weasel. My my sister in law lost her Hyundai Hyundai Elantra with that same two liter engine. I can say that. Or, excuse me, Hyundai Tucson. When we were talking about this before we started, we you, weren't you trying to tell me that they're not that bad? <laughs> I, my car has been great to me, Kingsley. I'm just saying. So, so a 964 RS. I, I'm, I'm just saying, my car was great until it wasn't. Okay, fair. 964 RS. I've become obsessed with the current-gen Boxster Spider. It's not really- no, oh, that's right. I said I, I, I didn't. I didn't say top Porsches, did I? I said no. top nine elevens. Yeah. Oh, you brought up a freaking. What, didn't you just say CGT? You did say CGT. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, uh, oh, well, okay. Let's well, I'll, I'll take the current GT back. Okay. And I'll take the 935 K3. Okay. From Team Ikuzawa. Okay. That's the pink one. That that one, I will take that. All right. Seen pictures of it from Monterey Historic. You okay? I got it. So I said 964 RS. Give me Brian Scotto's. RWB. Okay. Okay. I love that car. You and I have talked about RWBs. Shout out to, of course, Kev Block. That's freaking dope as hell. I love that. Yeah, Team Ikuzawa. Yeah. Um, so I would go ahead and do that. And money, no object. Fuck it. I'm going back to a 991.2 Touring. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's a great to this, day, to this day, it still makes me smile. I genuinely think that it's the best thing out of the night. Actually, no. Speedsters are supposed to be spectacular. Yes, but I was going to say, we just said money's no object. I love a touring, but it's the 911R. So I'm going 911R. That's, yeah. And they keep keep referencing this ST as being the new R. Yeah. Which is true. Um, Until they make another manual. I mean, sure. Well, let me ask you guys a question. I'll, I'll start with you, Chad. Like, you know... You haven't driven SD. Obviously, they're, they're not out yet. They're going to start being delivered soon and whatnot. But when you went ahead and saw that that got announced, did you go ahead? Did it actually tickle your fancy, or were you just like, eh? You know, dude, it's tough, dude. Because yeah. there's, like we were saying. There's a lot of 911s. Porsche's taking all the money right now. They're yeah, going yeah. a model for everybody. You know? It could be a good thing, and it could be a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I being a motorsports enthusiast, I was hoping that there would be a little bit more throwback things. Not just the livery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, the heritage thing is the Porsche thing. Throw a donut on and everything. It's heritage. Right. It would be nice to see some old vintage accents throw back to the old car. Yeah. It was a race car, though. Sure. But, I, you know, we know a couple of gentlemen in town that have the Sport Classics. There's a couple that have the cars. They yeah. have a lot of yeah. these new cars. New GT3 RSs are popping up yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And they're all great cars. Sure. Um, 
think Destiny's going to be the one. Mm-hmm. They made less sport classics. I think they made 1250 of the sport I think classics. So, yeah. And they made like 1963 of the, or making that many of the STs. Yeah. So sport classics will be a little more collectible because of the production numbers. Yeah. But I think the ST will probably be a more passion driven car. Sure. I, I, I could be wrong. I hope. I have spec mine on Porsche. <laughs> taking donations. Yeah. Me too. Starting to go fund me. Yeah. Yeah. About you, brother. What, like, you know, you you are the perfect embodiment of like a, a, a classic 911 owner, but you, and whatnot. You're seeing this constant progression of where Porsche is today. Um, I'm sure that you say to yourself, "I love the fact that I own a not an older 911," but you know, there are that many variants. What do you like? What do you what do you what make what do you think of the brand right now? That's an amazing brand. I think that they've done great with the marketing. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. That's why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see like Chad a little bit more throwback to the old styles, or maybe like accent cues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I don't know. I think there's something missing with the newer cars. Sure, the technology's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, the engineering's spectacular, but. I don't know there's there's something about the older cars versus the newer cars the newer meaning in the last maybe 30 years five no five years oh, okay like i think 2013 was the last 997.2 back i tend to like to stick to those years mm-hmm. um well they got really heavy they got longer they, they got, got wider yeah yeah the wheels got that's, huge that's, that's it's mainly because, you know, safety standards came sure. along. Sure. Yeah. But, but like that, you look that, at that's yeah. a very big thing because yeah. they have to have crumple zones and the cars do get bigger and they can't make it as, I don't want to say as dangerous, but compact. It, it's again why you know stuff like pre two thousand was so much yeah. more special and even like you know pre twenty ten it was so much yeah. more special. But I look at I look at Chad's car, uh, Chad oh, oh 07 or oh eight. 07, seven, right? So that's uh, second year of 997, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or is it se- so third year? 05 was, oh, was the first year, so second year, okay. Or third year, I guess. It's all dot one. Yeah. Um, I look at your 997 and like both dot one and dot two, they were the last perfect size for a 911 to me. Like, I don't think a 911 should be bigger than that. And I think most Porsche 911 fans would agree. I agree, yeah, right? Yeah. And I don't know, I just. I get, yeah. If you have a 992 and you're driving in it, I don't know many people that say it's too big. Sure. I was listening to the Nine Works Radio, some guys out of England, um, and they were talking over there, a 992, too big for English country road. Right. It's just too wide. I think on the West Coast, we're blessed because we have a bunch oh, of space. Huge. New yeah. Mexico, I mean, if it you is. want to include, I know Texas is in the I West Coast, but what? I more of like an American thing in general. Is we're, sure. We're used to these big roads. Like, you look at cars from the 60s, like these Cadillacs were like massive. Like, you know, 25 yeah. feet long. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got stories from my dad where he's like, I used to lay on like the tray above the back seat, yep. just sitting up, no yeah. seat belts, you know, just yeah. these massive land yachts in there. Dude, it's like, I, I can attest to the yeah. fact that this is a bad example, but it's also a good example. So I think I've told you, you know, I, I used and you know, I used to own a 14 ST, Focus ST. Um, from the outside, obviously the Focus is bigger than the Fiesta, and it's kind of big. But in a weird way, you got into that car, 
really small in the inside, like unnecessarily small to the point that there was no point for me to have anybody sitting in the back seat because they were going to be crumpled up pretty bad, man. It was just an awkward, like, sizing proportion that, like, everything was really big on the outside. And then when it matters most... I think I think those extra doors in the back were mainly for insurance purposes. Yeah, yeah man. And how much sound did it? Was it a good, quiet ride? Maybe there's a lot... Maybe it was actually... A, a, honestly, I wish it would have been louder. Now... Because, like, Focus RS... And, I'm, and I'll let you speak in a second. Um, Focus RS, to me was perfect like good volume i prayed that i could have gotten that out of a focus st go ahead now the focus st yeah how would you compare that to the new st the porsche we share one thing <laughs> two letters and actually you know what in a six-speed manual they share two things uh, the, the the verbiage and a, a six-speed shockingly enough I, I, I hope one day you can get a Porsche ST, but like please, if you do, can you please get the Ford ST badges and put them on there somewhere? I would definitely do that. I would go ahead and put, I would make my license plate say, focused. That's what I would do, yeah. Like, going back to where we were talking about before, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I went to racetracks, Porsche was the thing, right? Yeah. But I, like you, I grew up JDM because that's what you get for. Yeah. You know how many Honda Civics and Honda Preludes I had when I was growing up? Acura Integra. 87 Acura Integra. I showed you guys that before. Sick picture. I love that picture. I worked at an Acura dealership when the NSXs came out. Oh, really? That's a superb car. I worked, at, it. worked at Wild Acura in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, yeah. 1991 when it came out. Shout out to sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we all, the majority of us, grow up JDM. Yeah. Because it's cheap, we can mod it, it's just... Either that or that. Right. That's why people are also into American cars too. Is yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. the same way. You either go JDM or you start off with American, and then your evolution goes from there, or you stick with what you love and then just progress it from there too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you have now, you know, done so much. You know, you you you, you just turned fifty. You've seen so, and then, and I mean that in a good way, of course, because I think it's awesome the fact that you're like reinvigorated at your age that doesn't happen very often i love that um what do you want to continue to go ahead and see out of the evolution of car culture from your own eyes not just within phoenix but just in, to, in total totality i should say you know I, like i said before vintage racing vintage cars that's where it is yeah. i mean it, i've got a lot of friends that have teslas and they all love them and everything like that johnny lieberman ev podcast matt mm-hmm. Farah. Ford, the Maki, Maki, but we all have the petrol-driven cars. Mm-hmm. It has to. We have to embrace that and keep that living through our kids and everything like that. We have to keep that going. Yeah. You know, Nick's twenty something. <laughs> he's he's an embodiment embodiment of that. Yeah. yeah. All these photographers that are in town, they're like me. Hopefully, not like me, but. They're going to probably get married, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, kids, real jobs, Mm -hmm. because they're going to learn that typically photography doesn't pay anything. You can't make a living and buy a Lamborghini being a photographer, typically. But they got to keep that passion. Yeah. You know, and and hopefully harken back to when they were younger and 20-something and instill that in their kids and keep that going because... I don't know that electric cars are the thing. I mean, 
lithium mining, whatever political sure. I mean, shit there is, right? You guys know I, I, I love the Lucid Air. I've talked to you guys about it. I've talked about it on this podcast. I got a chance to drive one. It's an exceptional car. But at the end of the day, man, and it's nobody, more more and more it comes out, like they're just having trouble like with the supply chain and stuff. I like mean, that. even... Even Tycan. Porsche right now yeah. is recalling 7,000 Taycans yeah. because they're having battery issues. Macan, the electric Macan isn't a thing yet, and that's supposed to be the next electric Porsche. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they still haven't been able to go ahead and make it. By the way, the Taycan's not anywhere near perfect. No. It might be one of the, in a weird way, respectfully, one of the worst EVs on the market because it's got like the horrible range. It doesn't, like, it doesn't even have regeneration. No, it doesn't. It, it, now, is it a perfect? Is it a fantastic driving vehicle? Sure. But when you're looking for an EV, most of the time you're not looking for just a perfect driving vehicle. Of course, you can look. You can look at it and say, okay, they nailed the driving perfect but you also have to nail the efficiency you also have to go ahead and nail um the ability to go ahead and actually charge that fucker yeah. and they, they unfortunately of all the people on the planet the coolest of the cool sports car manufacturers that brand wasn't able to completely figure that out that sucks yeah, yeah i don't think there's an infrastructure yet um i have we have an ev uh, was my girlfriend's yeah and uh, ever since she got it, I thought it was a good idea to get it. To what is it again? Here. It's uh, Nero, Kia Nero. <coughs> and we, she got it to commute here. Yo, Kia, I'll at your boy. That engine's not going to go, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. It's probably going to blow up my way home, guys. <laughs> That's not the phone call that I want to make to you guys. <laughs> what, you live 14 miles? 13 miles, yes. Uh, we're like, hey, dude, you, yeah. you can... I'm right around the corner. Thank God for yeah. chat. Like, I love it. Now, I'm coming to hang out with you all the time. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. You can get those steps in, brother. I'm sure yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, but you were saying, Alex. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's been hard. To, uh, the infrastructure's not there. Mm-hmm. It takes eight hours to charge the car on a slow charger. Mm-hmm. It takes an hour and a half to charge it to 80%, and then it takes another hour to charge it to 100% in the EVgo chargers. I mean, EVgo chargers are, are pretty nice. But who wants to wait an hour and a half inside your car to charge the car? Yeah. But, but didn't they didn't they just regulate that Tesla has to open up their chargers to everybody now? But they don't fit because but they're, it's they're, a different. I mean, eventually they will. It's, it's, it's gonna just t- like they just did it on phones. For I believe Apple has to use a different charge port. So USB C. Exactly, and so it's they're trying to kind of make it simple for everyone. Yeah. Now it's like you mentioned EVs. I had a similar experience in Monterey. Like yeah. they gave me an EV rental. Yeah. And it was great until I had to charge it. And then yeah. finding a charger that not only worked in Monterey, California, so pain. was pain number one. And then pain number two was getting it all set up. Three, it was very expensive to only charge at thirty percent. I was actually kind of shocked at how expensive. But it was. you were also in Monterey. It, no, yeah, but I mean, still, be, yeah. to charge a, to fully charge a Kia Niro right now uh-huh. is forty dollars. It's like putting gas in the car. True. Okay. Unless I want to leave it overnight, it's going to be To me, I only, I I think it was, again, I only maybe charged like 30 to 40% of it, and it turned out to be like 50 bucks. And again, that's probably a lot of it's Cali tax. Sure. And it's, you know, you just, it's one of those things where the regulations come in, you know, political bias aside, it's, I think it's a very temporary solution for a very permanent problem. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's better alternatives that we, that we may be, ruling out if we go like everyone you know regulates oh it's ev or nothing right you could be pushing some solutions away that you could you know i mean 
you've seen that Porsche's developing, they just well, developed the, the synthetic, synthetic fuels, fuels in you know, Chile. They, they yeah. had that lovely Top Gear bitch where they had an SVJ running on it and yeah. a uh, Seen through glass was yeah. down there doing his video exactly. too. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Very impressive technology that you know, they're still. But even that. then, they're still trying to go ahead and figure that out because that's not anywhere near perfect. There's still there's a lot of kinks and growing pains going on with that. But at least it's something. At yeah. least it's well, you know, I mean, like I, I think that you and I have talked about this. Multiple, yeah. All of us. I think it's important to have multiple options. I'm not saying rule out electric. I'm saying give me more options than just electric. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and a better infrastructure. I, and a better I, I, infrastructure. I think, I think that's what most people ask for is, you know, give us options. Don't sure. kind of force us down one road. Yeah. Let us be able to innovate and look, you know, pros and cons and, you know, whatever mm -hmm. cases. But according to California, there's no new car gas-powered vehicle. Up to 2030. 2030. So that's page six now, brother. Well, but, you know. Sure. Actually, I think nobody's gonna remember that in 2029. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's page six now. Let alone by the time the 2029 actually rolling well, it will no longer the paper, be in the paper, and they'll go ahead and have to push I, it back. Actually, I believe they just got kind of in trouble by the U.S. government for demanding that. You know, and, and ultimately, I mean, alternative fuels. I'm gonna let better minds think of that shit. If we can have alternative fuels, bring it on. As long as we keep vintage racing, keep cars on the racetrack, because. Having Velocity Invitational, yeah. Monterey Storks, Ren Sport Reunion, the carbon footprint off of that is very, very small compared to Matt Ferrer and those guys talking about cargo ships going across the Atlantic. The planes. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of high rollers coming in for Scottsdale Golf Tournament. Formula One teams yeah. traveling all over the yeah. planet. Like, oh my God, I've had this beef. Makes no sense to stay. Yeah. Like, if they're in Asia and then they go to the U.S. Yes. And then they go to the Middle East. And then yeah. they come back to the U.S. Yes, right. A lot of uh, you know, climate activists flying private to go to a rally and yeah, you yeah. Know. There's, I mean, you, you, I didn't say that you did, but yes, you're not wrong. There's there, there, there's a million issues in focusing on fixing just one of them. You know, it's it's like a football team. You don't win a game just by being you. You know, it's you got to work as a team. You got to get everyone on board. You got to do it together. Unless your name's Tom Brady. I mean, he is the greatest of all time. Sure, it's true. I think tackling one thing at a time. I feel like wait, wait, but well, nice football reference to go. Like, I don't think you meant to do. No, I didn't mean to do that. That's pretty good I mean, though. Like, I like that. I have, I have ADD, and I tend to have million things going on, and I can't complete one of my million things going on because I focus on a million things. Yeah. And I think it's very important for for whoever is doing regulations to just do one thing at a time and, and start tackling things like that and yeah. eventually resolve all the issues that we're having. So Jorge, I know only half of us went to Rensport Reunion mm -hmm. 7, yeah. but I think it should be brought up. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, it only happens every four years. No, I know. Five uh, years. Sorry, five years. Well, and I don't know if I can handle another five year wait. That's true. I think we'll do it before. So, so Alex days. hits me up while I'm, in, while I'm on vacation <laughs> this past summer. And he says, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm over here trying to go ahead and heal my back from fucking it up, but I'm good, bro. <laughs> Which is true. I did mess up my back while I was in Texas. Yeah. And so Alex is like, you need to come with me to Rensport. And I'm like, okay, yeah, because I'm just going to go to Rensport. And actually, Alex had it pretty figured out that it could, I could have made it work. But I just didn't have enough time. And then, like, also, I would have been leaving Natalie and the kids at home and whatnot. It just wasn't going to work out. I'm kicking myself because I saw Chad go and have a freaking ball. I saw you go and have a ball. Eric. I, 
last year. And guess, guess who got your ticket? Who? Phil. Fucking Phil. Mr. Respect. Okay. Shout out to Mr. Enthusiast. Respect to him. That's fine. I saw my homie. He did what you should have done. Yes. Is this true? No, no. He did better than I. Like, shout out to him. I saw uh, my, my, my homie, uh, Colby Napier, of course, from No Shoot Film and of Imperial Street. She was out there slaying the game. I'm super proud of her. She's doing her, she's doing her thing. I was very upset that I did not go. Yeah. I, I thought I was upset about not having gone to Car Week. Thank you for sending me all the pictures, by the way. Um, you got me, like, at least multiple impressions, and I thank you for that. <laughs> I should have gone to Red Sport, and I did not because I'm a piece of shit. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I have a six, almost five, and two. So they'll be plenty old enough in five years yes. that you will be going. We will force you to go. We oh, will really? kidnap you. Yeah. Old school style. 100%. With ski masks. In the back of the bag. <laughs> Full on like fraternity, yeah. like I'm initiation type stuff. I'm matching the first hangover movie. If Jorge pops out of a trunk naked, hit me with a crowbar. Oh, no, 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 no. That's it's game over. No, it's, it's no, done. He, he will end up on the roof. Yeah, Probably. Like but, so, I mean, yeah. So I, this is going to sound probably straight. I mean, so I, I don't say car game, but I mean, like I've been focused on the cars here on the West Coast for, you know, 10 years. And I go back to Road America now for vintage racing and so on and so forth. I've still yet to go to car week. And, and, I'm old, <laughs> and it's the amount of people, I just don't want to deal with it. Nick, I love you. 20-year-olds drive me crazy. I got two of them. I don't want to deal with any more than I fucking have to. Hey. <laughs> I understand. Amen. And, and, you know, Amen. I, I, <laughs> I get it. Car Week is just, if I went to Car Week, I think I would just go to Laguna mm-hmm. and watch the car races. Watch the Monterey Historic. Yeah. It's not that I don't like Pagani. It's not that I don't like Koenigsegg. It's just not your vibe. I, I'm not a leaper. We have I've got old knees. <laughs> I, 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 I like that stuff. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, you want to see the new car launches? We right. live in Scottsdale. He, Eventually we'll see one of those fun cars here. here yeah. Here's what I will say about Car Week, because I agree with you, because there's obviously you have a lot of kids who like to do reels and stuff for social media, which is, yeah. it's great. Props on them. My big thing is, listen, you should not be in Monterey unless you are attending events, period. Whether it's for your own personal pleasure or business, you know, there's there's a lot of kids they walk around just to spot cars, which is fine. But at the same time, there's so much space, and each year it gets more and more attention, positive and negative, mm-hmm. and then that makes the following year better and worse at the same time, more and more and more, and it it snowballs. But so I want to kind of tag on that because I feel like this year. I mean, I didn't go to the other previous run sports, but I went to Lyft. And uh, I've been to other car events. I went to Monterey back, geez, like 10 years ago with my dad, I think. And it was very small. But I feel like nowadays, car culture is shifted from really trying to enjoy the cars themselves to really showing people or making people believe that there's something there that there isn't it's, it's social media like yeah. social media yeah. it sort of clicks a lot of it yeah. I, i've always found it's it's for the image more than it is for the passion right like yeah. i'm a dark i'm a diehard car enthusiast mm-hmm. like i will always love cars mm-hmm. because i find the history cool i find the cars cool you know i have sentimental memories with them it's stuff i want to pass on but then you're always gonna have the person who's gonna 
They're gonna love to get a modern car because when it's flashy, it gets attention. It may have a name from an older car that was famous from a movie franchise. You know, so they may be like, oh, I have this car, you know, my hero had it in a movie, it's a modern version. Yeah. There are other people where they just plain out get nice cars because they're like, hey, if I take a selfie and I got a Rolls behind me, it's gonna make me look good. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, lease, finance, own it outright. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's not a bad thing, but also towards like, we're diehard enthusiasts where it's, it's starting to affect us as enthusiasts where we're kind of seeing less and less people passionate about it. More people are like, I would like likes and views. and. But hopefully those people that start out there and being in the community can maybe transition into becoming passionate about it. Yeah. yeah, right. And I think that's that, that's always the hope. Like, yeah. I always think there is there is a genuine love for cars. There, it's just more of kind of a depth. Like, I think all of us can say we're diehard gearheads. You know, like yeah. Chad, you, you're like you said, you're I believe the oldest one out of this group. Not not as an insult, but you've you've seen everything. I, I wish I dreamed that I could be back in those days to see those cars race when you got to see them race. And it's you know we can only it's one of those things where I always think everyone's a car enthusiast. It's more of a level. There's always going to be... There's definitely levels to it. Yeah, there, I there, agree. There, you know, there's something a little more for us versus other people are like, oh, I like it. I like a BMW because it, it's a BMW, a little mm-hmm. luxury, it's a little performance. You know, it's the same goes for Porsche or whatever else. And then there's going to be people like, you know, those guys who have those cars from the 1930s. They're like, dude, I got to work on this thing every weekend. Yeah. I got to polish the wooden wheel on, you know, my 34 Model T or whatever it is. And it's just... I feel like it's a transition happening so fast we're just yeah. kind of not used to it. I think... I think that in an interesting way, a lot of the people that are into cars right now, whether you're like, especially those who are like really heavy into it, us, like we kind of make, I'm not saying we revolve our lives around it, but I think that it's, it's one of the things that we're, it's one of our biggest passions, right? And I think that in a weird way, it's up to us to kind of be those gatekeepers, not in a bad way, not in a bad way. I'm not saying be a gatekeeper and be like, you're not allowed to come in. No, on the contrary, I think it's only right of us to say we welcome you, but let's go ahead and teach you not why you should love a car, but just maybe remind people to have the right passion for it. Yeah, show show the passion, show why we love it, and why. Right, because there are people who are drivers. There's people who are builders. There are people who are like just art, like just art affiliate. That yeah, love that. Like that, that are that love the art behind it and whatnot. There's engineers, everything. But like, if we can be the right gatekeepers to go ahead and say, "Come on in, enjoy yourself." But remember, like, it's gonna sound cliche, but it's kind of a privilege to love this stuff. It is, uh, you know. It is because with all these appliances coming, yeah, it's not gonna be here. It's not gonna be here for very much longer. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like putting a V6 in a TRX. Inline six in its TRX. Sorry, no. inline six. Which, by the way, I'm going to say this right now. I understand people may not like it, but you guys were also the same people who said you hated the fact that the Raptor got a twin turbo EcoBoost V6, and then you went ahead and bought more of those than you did the 6.2 and the 5.4 liter V8s from the first gen. So just. Just watch what you say, and 
be appreciative of the fact that a TRX is still going to exist in the in the following generation. Can, can I just can I just point something out real quick? Yeah, of course. Although I agree with you, in, in line sixes is arguably one of the best engine layouts ever. Six cylinders, just in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Dodge made a statement where they made their new EV charger, and they're like, it's because we had to. And then Ford was just standing in the corner, pretty much saying exactly what Chad just coughed out coincidentally as they released the new Mustang. S650 is a regular, normal car, and then Mustang GTD is freaking wild. Batshit. It's completely batshit, like, ridiculous. It's a race car, but but it's existing. And Stellantis was like, no, they're making us go electric. It's like, no, no one. But that's two different things. You can't compare racing to street cars. True. Well, my, my, my big thing is... I mean, GTD is street legal, but go ahead. Dodge made that announcement, and then I believe it was a month later when Mustang or when Ford was like, "Hey, here's the dark horse. Like, look at look at these yeah. numbers, right?" And it's yeah. kind of one of those things where it's like, "Okay, how much of it is truly emissions versus how much of it is, you know, they know it's going that way, so mm-hmm. they kind of plan for the future." Mm-hmm. But it's it's just one of those things where, without knowing the rule book, which I'm sure that that EPA rule book is, I'm sure it's three thousand pages. The, the one thing about the, 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 the I will give Stellantis somewhat credit and. If they, they might say that the electric thing, like the, you know, we had to. But if in reality, like that's also an E class from like two thousand and five. You just needed to get a new frame anyway. You needed something. It under, was time for it. It was update. time, like at this point, just kind of like write off the whole thing and then start doing. Hey, Alex, know. it's almost like an Aventador. <laughs> that's true. Hey, here, here, here is Let's put a better tune on it. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Maybe? No, oh no, okay, you guys. <laughs> I, I just want to point this out. Oh, we're going to develop this lovely car called the GT2 RS, and they uh-huh. set a lovely track record. Now, now, the lovely, the lovely. What tires was that? Was the Lambo running on? They're street legal. I, I, I was was it, was it, was well, street legal is a is a term. I mean, P zero. They were P zero trofeos that were like stickier yeah. than like the, the lovely Italian engineers at Audi. Italian. <laughs> Let, let's let's put a wing and a new front bumper on this car. That is almost 10 years old, and I believe they beat that lovely brand new portion. Regardless, I'd still take a 911. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I would take a 911 every day. Hey, take note. I'd love to have a Lamborghini. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> You're a liar. For that amount of money, if I, I told you I'm buying a Diablo right now, would you take it? I'd s- take it and sell it. Oh, hey, you hey, liar. You, you see that, that poster up at the top? Those were different times. It's still a Lamborghini. And yeah, that, but that those were different of, times. You can't is, compare a Countach to a whatever. We're referring to Matt Farah's Countach. Shout out to Larry Chen. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think cars back in the day were made different, and I was fortunate enough to experience a bunch of these old cars. You're fortunate to own one now. Uh, of yeah. course. And it's, compared to the new ones, it's totally different. Yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here in just a second. And I've asked you what car culture means to you. I've asked you what car culture means to you in the past. Um, And I'm going to wait until Chad gets back and I'll go ahead and ask him what it means to him. But, you know, what's been your favorite thing? So, Because we're in October. By the time that this release is going to be the second week in November. Yeah. What's been the f- your f- most favorite thing that you've been able to do within car culture this year? Alex, I'll start with you. Probably go to Rensport. 
Yeah. Drive up to Rensport. I drove up for six hours because I got lost on the way up. <laughs> you got lost? What? Yeah. <laughs> I was following a couple of buddies. Yeah. And uh, we took the wrong exit. Okay. Got extended our drive up for about an hour and a half. Okay. And then um, just enjoying my time with family and friends at the Laguna Seca track with all the most amazing cars that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, and getting to share that with people that I love and people that I like and friends. and I think that's what car co- culture for me is all about. Hell yeah. Sharing, sharing. If you have it, share mm-hmm. it. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. I love that. Yeah. Kingsley, what's been your favorite part of, that you've been able to do in car culture in the last year? You know, there, there's a handful of moments for me. Uh, are we talking like 2023 or like... 2023, yeah. Okay. So I, I've been working my ass off this year. So I have really have. haven't had to like a lot of opportunities, but there was a really special month. Well, two months, March and April. Mm-hmm. To where I was a caretaker for a little bit, for a few hours, uh, a few times. Oh, okay. yeah. 87, 5,000 QV. Still for sale, by the way. Still for sale. Not in, not in a bad way, just like for anybody who wants an 80, 87, 5,000 QV, holler at Nick Kingsley. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> and then through that, I met another friend who has a fabulous collection. And it has been a spontaneous calling of like, hey, dude, meet me in my garage. Let's hang out today. And then I'm helping him set up his insane cars for a photo shoot. Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, cool. We're going to drive a, a Diablo SE30 uh 25th anniversary a Mercy and an LM002 like 50 feet away just to just to get a few photos and take note he didn't call his favorite photographer Apex Dream Cars for to let that guy say hey I got a friend of a photographer also well, maybe, maybe I, you know I, 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 a little something inside here you know so I, I, I want some drums I want to point out the distance from your house to there if I would have called you you would have gotten there on Sunday that's a lie. It's like, <laughs> that is a lie. I have a 9-11. He's got a 9-11. I can get there probably pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 5 p.m. Yeah. At least. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is not my garage. It's not I my garage. I can't I, I wish I could. Um, Chad, what, what, you know, you've done so much. You've been to so many different places. What has been one of your favorite things in 2023 in the car culture scene? Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Because, like you said, there's... There's a lot of things, and you know, you you pay your own way to a lot of these things. For me personally, yeah, it's a hobby, it's a passion. You want to make it a paid job, but like I said before, photography don't pay shit. No. And unless you're one of the greats like Jamie Price, Larry Chen, where you're working for Toyota, you're working for Porsche, you're working for one of these brands or one of these teams. You're full on freelance commercial photographer, yeah. Right, and they're paying for you to go to these events. It's tough to spring the money to go to some sure. of this stuff, you know? So like Alex said, Rensport Reunion, it's been five years in the building. It's, you know... That was a go-to. It was an absolute go-to. But also, additionally, shout out to Ali Hoff, Velocity Invitational. I know some of you guys probably never even fucking heard of it. It is a great, great vintage motorsport motor event. Um, they're celebrating the 60th anniversary of McLaren this year. Zach Brown is a big proponent of this event. Paddle Award, Lando Norris, Tara Faust, Mika Hakkinen, Mario Andretti. All these guys are going to be there. And it's 
quarter of the crowd of Monterey Historics. And you get right next to these guys. Yeah. I Last year, the last one up in Monterey, I was lucky enough to have media credentials. I'm standing in a pit lane. Who am I standing next to? Tanner fucking Faust. That's... He's eating a peach, and he and I are discussing the tires on a McLaren F1 GTR with golf livery. That's... And he's talking about how these tires are older tires, and he's got to hustle this thing around the track. Never in my life, as a boy growing up in Wisconsin, at that time not knowing Tanner Faust was, did I ever think that I'd be side-by-side side with Tanner Faust or anybody to that, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that level bullshitting with them about an unbelievable car. Yeah. Nick, hold your McLaren F1 comments to yourself. <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. It's a great yeah. eight series. <laughs> it's got doors that go up. That's all you need. And you sit in the middle. Yeah. yeah. It is, it's an amazing event. If you haven't been there, I don't want to say it's cheap. It's in Sonoma this year. Go. It's a great event. Um, love to call like yeah. Alex was saying you know I was spoiled in the first one I got to go to the Universal Studio one yeah. Universal Studios that one that must have been wicked thank you Eric for pulling me into that giving me my first drive in, my, in his 993 yeah my first ever Porsche drive woof you know I love to call is an amazing event and it goes up and down I mean sometimes the events are unbelievable sometimes the crowds are unbelievable I, you never know how they're going to one-up themselves every time. But they kind of do every single time. Jeff Swart, legend, <laughs> and Pat Long and those guys, they just... They make it happen. They make it happen. I don't know how. And like going back to Rensport, is there, is there another brand that could do a three- to four-day event. event with 90-plus thousand people I mean, they've tried. They haven't succeeded quite yet. I mean, but Porsche's knocking it out of the park, man. Like Detroit's got, like, what's that cruise thing? The like Woodward that? Cruise, yeah. But that's not four days, right? No, no, no. It's just one day. No, I'm mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Ferrari's got their little Corsa, Cliente yeah. Yeah. things that they do all over the right, country. I mean, sure. And I don't know that there's another brand that does something. I like mean, that. they do the Ferrari, the Ferrari tribute at the Millimilia, but it's not quite. I guess it's that that that's. Well, that's a full thousand miles that they're going for, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, right. so that they do it within a three or four day stretch, three day stretch, maybe. Yeah, but you have to have a car. You have to have a car. It's a, uh, ungodly you expensive. Have to fly to Europe. You have to fly to Europe. I mean, is that um, is that a is bucket, that every bucket list? Of yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Is, yeah. no. is it for every no <laughs> for everybody? Okay, it's fair. Great event. Sure. But unless you time travel back to fucking 1973 and see a Porsche 908 with Vic Elford driving the fucking yeah. track. Or if you're fucking Sterling Moss Sterling in 1957 yeah. hopped yeah. up on speedballs yeah. like nobody's business. I don't, I don't really care about seeing, yeah. no offense, some rich guy in his 488 or SF90. Yeah. It's just not the same. Recreating you what used to be. Updated 458. Yes. Yes. Well, the same after the, yeah. It yeah. does have a different engine, but yes. Okay, so Jorge, your... Number one bucket dream event, dream race event, car related event. Number one, only one, no pressure. F1 Qatar, no, F1 Singapore. I mean, if I got a chance to go to if there was any F1 race that I would ever like for sure, like 
hands it's not down. Only one event? No, there's not. But you brought it up. There's there's two places. Austin, U.S. Grand Prix at Coda, 100 percent. Monza. Those are the two. Those are the two F1 Grand Prix. Mexico that, City. And Mexico City. Yeah, and Mexico and City. In the fucking state. Yeah, but you know what? That's Actually, that's a there's that. You know, that's a there's that. And then shout out to Interlagos. Like, a like Brazilian Grand Prix. Monaco, bro. I love Monaco, but that rate Monaco that... Monaco I've, 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 listen, it is a dream of mine to go to Monte Carlo one day. 100% I won't make that happen. But, like, the actual Grand Prix itself is just not the same it's anymore. It's going to be the same as Vegas. It's going to be a fucking shit show. Oh, dude, Vegas is going to be ridiculous. 10,000% better to watch it at home. I am 1,000% looking forward to Vegas. Vegas is going to be ridiculous. But To be there or to watch it on TV? To Both. watch it on TV. No. Whoa, it's going to be wild, dude. I can't wait. $3,000 for a general, general... Listen, I know. No, it's a, no, it's, it's ignorant. It is, it is so ignorant how much you're charging. But it's going to be, it's going to be, you're going to see these cars at an unreal pace. I mean, no but. offense, but Formula One is turning into NASCAR. Jorge? Woof! Jorge? Jorge? Said it, and I'm so sorry. Come to Velocity Invitational. Watch Mario fucking Andretti Rip those cars. run around Daniel Ricardo's track. Yeah. Dude, no, no, I know. No. You can it's see it, dude. It's, it's the ball, no. it's the ball move. <laughs> Back to your all-time dream event. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's okay. We already uh, got distracted by not letting them talk about Rensport more. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what, dude? I would love to go to Goodwood. To where? Yeah. Goodwood, and I think Goodwood? as as much as I love the Festival of Speed and what it's become, I think I really want to do Revival. Yeah. I think I want to really experience Revival. I love the fact that you got have to reimmerse yourself into that time. I think that is so cool. It's back to the whole vintage vibe to it. You get just sucked in. You know, like, and I've talked about this multiple times. Seeing, uh, you know, all these, like, old school minis, like, just getting the freaking tits driven off of them, or then seeing someone in a Ford Galaxy with a big 428 yeah, big block crazy. versus a fucking, like, Jag E-Type. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that is the move. The only problem with that is... The recreation cars. Sure. I, we all, I think, understand why they do that. Yeah. But it also kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's a Ferrari GTO. Not a real GTO. It should be a Ferrari GTO. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem with that is Austin's car culture have made that car become a $50 million yeah. car. Or yeah. 70. Yeah. Or 70, yeah. you know. Um, privately sold. Yeah, <laughs> privately sold. This has been a great conversation. Um, and I think that there's a lot. Oh, no, I, I did ask him. I did ask him what what, what your favorite thing about what twenty twenty three was. You already that, did. Yeah, that was before Chad. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Um, by the time that this episode releases, I think it'll be a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving and whatnot. Um, I'm just gonna say this. I'm in the mood to say it. Nobody's telling me to say it, and that's just whatever. I'm incredibly grateful for how kind car culture in Phoenix has been to me in this past year. Um, this podcast has experienced a lot of growth um, in different, a variety of different ways. I've met a ton of different people within our car community, whether it's in the Phoenix area, whether it's also outside of Phoenix. And that's been a, just an amazing, amazing thing. I never would have been able to expect that a year and a half ago in January of 2022. I wouldn't have expected hanging out with now, you know, three other people that I consider now friends to me and whatnot. Um, uh, th there's so many people out there who have given me the opportunity to go ahead and just get to know them and just kind of reimmerse myself into a place that I didn't really know really existed. Um, like, 
five years ago, four years ago, or whatever that was. I, this might annoy some people. I don't care. Getting a chance to go ahead and meet some of my heroes has been something that I've really cherish because I, I can't stress enough how much when I was like 19 and I was reading Motor Trend and when I went ahead and started when, when Motor Trend really blew up on the scene on YouTube and I saw the fat dude with the beard with the glasses on TV and I was like yo this guy is kind of the shit and all of a sudden and I'm not trying to go ahead and like pat myself on the back or anything like that but to know 15 years later, that same dude that I saw on TV and on YouTube, I got a chance to have dinner with and talk about my kids and just life with yeah. for like an hour and a half. That's the type of shit that I'm just like, yeah, we're doing okay. And Johnny has a little bit of a push. Because I know he reposted one of my posts in his stories, and my shit blew up. <laughs> Johnny's got a bro. off-roading with Eric, yeah. and we get back to cell service. Open Instagram. Yeah. No, it's fuck. Listen to this. To this day, Johnny Lieberman's episode has done extremely well on my podcast, and I can't thank him enough. And but that's the thing. Like to get to know the fact that I'm like in a weird. I'm I'm friends with Johnny Lieberman. Like that. That's not something I expected 14 years ago. But then I also have made really other great friends. You guys are good friends of mine, right? You know. And shout out to a lot of other people that are within this car community. They know exactly who they are. I don't mean to name drop them, but they know exactly who they are, and I'm incredibly grateful to them. So, I guess what I'm wanting to say is, since we're going to be dropping this two weeks before Thanksgiving, Phoenix, on behalf of me, thank you for making this some type of weird-ass reality to me. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. So, I just want to go ahead and put that out there. I don't mean to go ahead and make, like end it on a, oh, mushy, mushy, blah, blah. No, but I'm incredibly fucking grateful for this podcast and the things that it's allowed me to do. And the three of you, I have to thank, and I want to thank anybody else who's listening, and anybody, and everybody who's been a guest so far in 2023. Which that guest list is wild. Like some of the names that I read, and when I do the intros, I'm like, hold on, this person's actually on this podcast. Like, how how did that come about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's wild to me. So, what does car culture mean to you, Mr. Randall? Before we sign off, put you on the spot. You know, I've heard you ask other people this question. I, I don't know that I have a fucking answer for you, dude. I really don't. I mean, it's, there's just, it's passion. It's, it's passing it on to the youth to yeah. keep it fucking going. Because yeah. electric cars suck. We don't need, <laughs> we don't need, we don't need power to wait one to one. We don't need that. It's, Alex's 200 horsepower 911 is perfectly fucking fun. Yeah. My 300 horsepower 911, perfectly Amazing. fun. I don't and need RX7 when it's running is perfectly fine. Exactly. I don't mean yeah. to go ahead. And, it's almost ready. Tissues. Get out, <laughs> get out and drive your sure. fucking car. True. That's you drive the shit out of yeah. your car. Drive the tits off. Hey, if you got a Kia Sorento, you need to drive the tits off. You can do that too. Trust me. I got it a speeding ticket. It might pop. You might. It might pop, or you might get popped. You, you drive it till it pops. That's true. <laughs> Shout out to AZ's finest for giving me a ticket back in May. <laughs> um, thank you for allowing us to hang out with you tonight. It's thank been an, a true honor and a true privilege to hang out here, um, for making us feel welcome, and just being a good guy. You know, I, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to give you guys gas money for coming out here to... I don't need it. I can say that. I'm not TV. I don't need gas. <laughs> basically, California. Yeah. But, yeah, Jorge, anytime, dude. You, you guys, anytime. Thank you. I, I put the extension out to many people. Come on out. Let's watch an F1 race. Absolutely. 
It's a long drive for people. But I'd love to have the Fast I'm, ch- I'm 15 minutes away, I, dude. I would I'm, love to have I, the yeah. Fast and Furious driveway yeah. in front of the <laughs> house. When it runs, it'll be here. Okay. okay. It'll be here. Yeah. You know, it'll it might be, yeah. might be like, yeah. you know, 70 years from now. But yeah. when, when it's ready... It's getting closer than people realize. A little bit. Oh, the weather's it, nice. It, it, yeah. it, may be, it may be propping by the time this airs. So Mr. Mr. Fu- Mr. Fucking Fancy Pants with titanium bolts and shit. Like uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about why it's taking so long later. <laughs> let's, let's, let's wrap it up right here. Kingsley, where can they find you, brother? At, at Kingsley. Yeah. With a K9. I, I believe it's K1NG. Okay. SL3Y. Something, something like that. Just yeah, clearly showing why you are the youngest of the four of us here. That's perfect. everything else was taken. Okay. Okay, that's <laughs> perfectly fine. Alex at Topless Target and at the Petrol Collective. The Petrol well. Collective as well. Fantastic, Chad. Apex underscore Dream Cars. Love photography. I'm an old guy that's not very good at it. Just take shots. I don't know about that. I'm gonna give a shout out to last year brand, Vintage Motorsports, Apparel, Passion. That's passion. For yep. sure. Absolutely. Go give it a follow. Yep. Go give it some love. There's so many local, small branded people that we got to support. Yeah. On that note, at Formal Works, Daniel. Oh, yes. Amazing dude. Yeah. Got a collab with him and Oil Stain Lab. Mm. Amazing people. Very passionate people. You need to get them to get a key for some water cooled stuff. Yeah. They are working oh, on and, and, it. Yeah, yeah, and I keep hearing that. No, no. They I are, see they are working on it. Well, what you need to do is you need to get a custom key designed for a Kia Sorento. Facts. Shout out to Kia. Kia, holler at your boy. I'm right here. Right here. Revenue just, just since day one. Are you okay with Hyundai? Uh, anybody. The whole thing. You Listen, if they want to go ahead and give me a, uh, a, a it G70, is, it, it, it is, I'd be the happiest man on earth. It is KDM on Tormenting Tarmac. Yeah. <laughs> Korean domestic K- market. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm dead right now. Hold on. <laughs> We're actually pretty late here. I mean, it's like 10 o'clock. Right, it is. I'm shocked. I, I texted my wife. It's fucking late. I'm not getting home until 12. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and find myself at Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. You can find this podcast streaming everywhere and anywhere for the most part Apple Podcasts, Sco- Scooter, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Anchor application, and all those other places you can find it. Um, go check out Agodita Creations. Shout out to my wife. And again, if you want shirts made, anything banner wise, anything like that she can hook it up and for those ladies out there who want another spot to go ahead and find out some like find some cool dope uh great clothes please go check it out aquatita creations and the boutique is on there as well so big shout out to my wife and uh phoenix this one's for you guys i hope you guys all enjoy by the time that you listen to this i hope that you're starting to enjoy your holiday festivities and uh that's all i got nick kingsley alex feast chad randall Jorge Aquino. This has been Tormenting Tarmac, and it's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Have a great night, everybody.